Kevin, are you there? Yeah, man. You ready to talk some Philly sports? Is this your introduction? I have this no is idea. Really how I was listen. <laughs> The last few that we've done, I've been like, "Hi, welcome back to Crossing Broadcast. It's a yeah. it's a great day." I figured let's no, this go. Is lo- different. I was no, like, this is different, man. This I was like, "Let's go. Mix, yeah. Let's go low energy to start." And, and like you know, because then uh, you start low and, and you can't go very low. Can't energy. go any lower. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I like it. It's a different kind of intro. I like that you're mixing mixing a match in here. You know? Here we are. It's important to adapt and and you know, think outside of the box every once in a while. Adapt and change. Don't just uh, run the same nonsense out. Do How we have are any you calls? Doing? Do we have any calls? On the uh, on the board, nothing yet, but we'll take them. Okay, if people want to call, we didn't solicit for questions, did we? Oh, we didn't. No, we didn't. So it's Why just going to be just going to be me and you talking about whatever we want to oh, talk okay. about. All right. We're not going to well, take you, No, go ahead. You you tweet okay. it now. You talk and, as, and, all and as the people right. as the people listen to the show, they'll know that we were really well prepared. So our uh, what has become our weekly podcast. I think we're going to ramp it up a little bit now that the Sixers season is starting to wind down, and and really the postseason starts. I think. Safe to say that once the postseason kicks in, we'll probably, well, we'll definitely do a postgame recap. So that'll be a thing. Um, but as has become our uh, our model in this uh, new John Crossing Broadcast uh, 2.0, 3.0, 3.2, 2.6, um, we're going to be talking about at least four of the teams in the city. I don't really think there's anything about the union that typically that's our last segment. I don't think there's anything yeah. of, of real note. They're playing right now. Um, I don't have any f- uh, union or fusion news right now. I do I have really some have soul f- news. I don't have a soul take or a freedom take. You have some soul news? I have some soul news. What's your soul news? Nah, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, uh, I, I look, I, I think here's here's the rundown for the people because I know everybody cares so much. Um, I, I've learned a lot in the last couple of years about all the work that you put into doing a, uh, an episode description. And it's not just this show. It's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you go through the work of like putting the timestamps in. And then most people are like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to listen to the whole show show anyway. It doesn't really matter. Oh, really? See, I don't put the timestamps in when I do. It's always soccer because I think people will skip stuff. Like I make them, I force them to kind of just listen to the whole thing. Yeah. See, there was, there was a, a real long time. I think it's when we first started the network. I, I was really anal about, you know, making sure that I, I had all of the timestamps and then, wow. Yeah. I don't know. But, well, especially because, you know, we're going to jump around different hey, teams man. and, and who as... knows, who knows who's a, who's really a four for four kind of guy or gal, yeah. you know, or if a you're five not a four for, five. for four. Yeah. Did you like my Valentine's day poem? I did. Yeah. Do you, do you want to read it? Do you remember it? I'll try to remember off the top of my head. Roses are red. Violets are blue. If you're not a four for four Philly sports guy, then I don't have time for you. Wow, six one zero. That's great. That does sound like something the Cuz would, would say, right? <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue, blue. <laughs> now you, for real, you're my boy, Blue. I love that movie. What was that old school? I'm old school, baby. Ooh. That was my Valentine's Day Philly sports poem. And then people, like, and then somebody asked me about the union. They're like, okay, I'm like, okay, five for five. And then somebody brought up the fusion. I'm like, all right, fine, six for six. If you're the not wings, a six for six, the God. wings, seven for but seven. But isn't it funny, dude? Isn't it funny how four for four, like when that phrase first came up, it was intended to like be inclusive to say in addition to being an Eagles fan like I'm also a Flyers and a Sixers fan too like it was yeah the whole point was to be inclusive and then when the union came around and other you know whatever other team the soul or whatever like four for four almost became a way to keep people out 
You know what I mean? Whereas it used to be like, yeah, we're we're all one big happy family. It then became a way to say like, nah, like I fucking what, hate what, Why don't you like it? Yeah, exactly. I hate <laughs> soccer. Say, say, I don't I'm like, only, I'm like, only for for. Don't four. like lax, like, bro. <laughs> come on, Re- yeah, relax. I don't care about bro. the wings. Like, isn't it funny how it became used for for uh, a, a totally different purpose than what it was originally intended can I, for? You know, can the I just genesis, say quick, the etymology since, of that phrase? Since I've uh, I've brought up the wings already to start the episode. Um, so Anthony and I got locked in Wells Fargo Center. We brought on, up the wings uh, on, and the union and the, the soul and the fusion know, before how many we people, said anything. How many people tuned out? We'll have to go back to the analytics of how long people listen. Um, this is a really quick thing that has to do with the wings. I swear, please TSL. don't jump. Don't jump the thirty seconds ahead. Um, Anthony and I got locked into Wells Fargo Center after Saturday's game, uh, the Flyers game against the Red Wings. And um, instead of going down into the bowels of Wells Fargo Center to to exit, we like sometimes we try to cheat. So we get off the elevator by um, the Shake Shack on the main concourse. And then Mm -hmm. there's like a little little way to get out there. Well, I don't know. I guess there was a Wings game that was going on afterwards. And he and I had finished um, wrapping up like a a little bit of recording of Snow the Goalie to to bookend the Scott Gordon interview we did with the coach. Yeah. And um, which was good. And thank you. And so we uh, we got locked in. And I start seeing like all these Wings fans lining up by the Cure, what is the Cure Auto Insurance Club or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to get out of the building. And security just kept looking at us. And we're like trying to open the door to get out. And they're like, they're all locked. I'm like, well, can you unlock one so we can get out? Like, to get out. Yeah. And so I'm like, can we, can we please just get out? And like, they were like, no. I'm like, what's what's the alternative here like yeah, do we you go are back? now my guess <laughs> yeah exactly forever. it's like oh man well look if you're gonna give me a free shake shack burger fine whatever yeah. so we eventually get out Expensive. they 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 have like the doors locked until i don't know like five five thirty whatever it was mm-hmm. and all these wings fans are like pissed that that we're not letting them in i'm like i can't get out i would love to get out anyway we get to the um to the parking lot and i never realized how fanatical the the wings fans are like I'm getting in my car and I'm I'm seeing like yeah. middle aged middle aged dudes with with uh, massive beer guts like putting on like an old school Wings jersey that was clearly like two sizes smaller like when mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. when the first iteration of the Wings were around but like this dude is like ready this is his version of Spanx and he is all in on it man they and, used like, to have some really yeah I mean the original Wings fan base was pretty was pretty into it you know it I was, think it's cool it I think was it's fine. niche obviously or niche as some people say because well, it's niche um, who says niche. I've always said niche. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah um, 20. Go well, it's on. like people say like cachet and cachet, but they don't really know the difference between the two of them. Gotcha. Um, but that's right. a different story for another mm. time. So, mm. Russ, listen. Mm. Yeah. Let's get it back to the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah get it back. Get it back. Up. Get it back. Get back on the rails. Um, All right. Eagles. Let's get it back on the rails. You, you want to talk about Foles? Le'Veon Bell? No, no I want to do kidding. the Foles thing first. So, like, we mentioned this briefly. I just wrote it up this morning. I probably should have wrote it yesterday because yesterday was the first day that you could do you could do the franchise tag, right? You know, so basically, it's a fourteen day window for them to tag Foles if they were going to do the tag and trade thing. So, um, like, just dispelling a couple myths. Like, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen. It's very unlikely that they would tag him and trade him. I I think personally because. And let me try to explain it from the beginning. Like, we had a lot of people, like, I had a lot of people saying to me, like, why does it matter if he's tagged or if he walks? Because they get the draft pick anyway, right? Okay, yes, yes, it's true. Like, they get the compensatory pick no matter what, which should be a third rounder. But that doesn't come until next year, right? So the compensatory draft pick, if Nick Foles walks in free agency, doesn't come until 2020. So if you were able to find a trade partner for him now, you can get a draft pick now. Or even if it wasn't a third round, or say they wanted to do, say somebody said we'll give you a fourth and a fifth for Foles, or like a fourth this year and a f- 
or a fourth this year and a fourth next year. Like there's different iterations of it, right? It's not just like, well, it doesn't matter because you're getting the same draft pick because it doesn't work out that way, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the first thing, you know. Um, you know, and then when you do the franchise tag, there's really three different tags. Uh, number one is exclusive, exclusive franchise tag, which means you can, you can't negotiate with other teams because the uh, the tagging team plans to keep you on the roster, right? Like that stuff that the, those are rare. Like uh, you know, Drew Brees comes to mind. They hit him with the exclusive tag because they knew he was going to resign with a yeah. uh, long term deal with them anyway. Uh, Von Miller was another one. You know, uh, there was there was only like a handful over the last couple of years. Non exclusive is like the most common one, you know, which is what they would give to Foles. Like, so you sign, you Foles would sign another team's offer sheet, then you can match that. Um, and if there's no or if there's no match, you get a pair of compensatory first round picks, right? Okay. Everybody's following. Okay. Yep. More on that. More on that a little bit later. And then there's another one. There's a, called a transition tag, which everybody's probably heard of. Where it's the same. You sign the offer sheet, um, which allows your current team to match. But if there's no match, you don't get compensatory picks, right? So, you know, people people sitting here saying, "Well, why don't they just tag Nick Foles and keep him and both Carson Wentz?" Right? Why don't you just keep both of them around? Well, you can't because if you if you tag Nick Foles, what happens is that his salary becomes uh, it's like the average of the top five salaries at, the, at his respective position, right? So if they, if the Giants tagged Landon Collins, he would hit at about twelve million dollars for one year, and if they tag if the Eagles tag Nick Foles, he would hit the cap about $25 million for one year. Okay. So you're not going to keep both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. That's just way too much money for two quarterbacks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't, you just can't do that in a salary cap world, you know? So Foles would go test the free agent market or whatever. Um, and then the other set of thinking is, okay, well, so why don't they just tag him, fail to match the offer sheet that like the Jaguars give him or something, right. And take the compensatory first round picks. Right. I mean, you, you can't do that because the CBA has a stipulation where you have to have the good faith and, you know, the good faith intention, you know, to, to what it says, what the quote is, is actually something like a good faith intention to employ the, the player receiving the tender or the tender compensation. Like that's literally written in the CBA. So like you could, if the Eagles tried to bork this in their favor, like Foles and his agent could file a grievance against the NFL, you know? So, so mm-hmm. that's, that's the explanation of those things here. Like it's probably not going to happen because like, um, the, the risk, the, the risk, this is the key thing here. This is really the takeaway. This is me burying the lead, but I wanted to make sure everybody kind of understood that leading up to it. Uh, if the Eagles tag folds and they can't find a trade partner, um, or nobody makes an offer for you to match or not match. Like then what, <laughs> you know, you have his fully guaranteed salary on the books. Yep. For 2019, so you can only do that if you know, for instance, like Jacksonville really, really, really wants him, and they're willing to pay 25 million dollars for him. Because what, what's the, to keep the or the Giants? But that's obviously a big reason that you're going to even you know entertain the idea of doing a franchise tag is because you you want to be able to control where he's control going, where and, he and goes, you don't yeah. want him to go to the the Giants, which would right God would that haunt them. Well, right. So I Especially mean, so you Schirmer let there. the so you you know you could let the the Jaguars could fight the Giants theoretically in free agency for Nick Foles, or if the Jaguars really wanted him that bad, they could say to Howie Roseman, "Look, tag him, and we'll trade you a third for him, and we're willing to pay twenty five million dollars for Nick Foles because we think he's valued at that." You know, that's that sort of gives them some exclusivity in it. There's a way for them to get in there. I don't think the demand for Nick Foles at twenty five million dollars is that much where a team's willing to willing to do that. Um, yeah, but you look at Flacco on the market, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, 34 years old, whatever the hell he's he's going to make uh, for 
a fourth round pick. I mean, maybe if somebody's that desperate for a franchise quarterback, they go with Nick Foles. But they're probably not going to tag him because teams probably aren't going to want to pay that much in salary. And they think they can probably get a better deal on the free agent market anyway. So I think that's probably the, the – I think they probably just let him walk. Um, you get your compensatory pick next year, and that's it. You know, unless like a really desperate team, like a Jacksonville or a Giants, came to them and said, "Look, we'll do we'll do this with you." You know, so. But I don't think the Giants would be willing to would would say we'll give you a third round pick for this franchise tagged quarterback because then they're giving assets to a division rival. You know, so that would make sense if they were doing an AFC trade. I think. Stop. Oh, the real question One. though is, what do you do? Hey, Kevin, what are you gonna do? If Jacksonville comes to you and says, we want Carson. <laughs> What's so your package you look Carson? like, Kevin? They're not going to trade. What do, you, what do you want for Kevin? What, not for Kevin. What, what do you want, want for Carson? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Let me know. So here's the other thing. Here's the final thing, and then I'll, I'll end my uh, franchise tag seminar here. Um, you, you can only have four compensatory picks in a year, right? So... Mm-hmm. It's not just like, well, let's let's punt it till next year. You also have to do your diligence and seeing what other, you know, projecting out what do you think you're going to get, you know. So, you know, if the case was who are the free agents this year? Um, Brandon Graham, mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks, yep. uh, Ronald Darby, yep. and Golden, Golden Tate. Right. So say all all four of those guys receive free agent contracts, you're getting comp picks on that. I mean, of course, it's going to be- kind of balance itself because you're also going to sign free agents at the same time. But if you have yeah. four comp picks already, you know, there's no point in letting Foles walk without trying to do something because you don't get a fifth, you know. So there is a little bit of foresight that you have to have with that. I think that, they're, I think that no team is going to want to do that tag and trade deal, and I think they'll just – let him walk and hit the market. And I think they'll get the compensatory third next year. And when the, and they may sign one of Brandon Graham or Hicks or Tate to come back, you know, like I don't, I don't think that four, four comp picks is going to be a thing, but it's something to think about. Cause I didn't really see anybody mentioning it, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, thanks yeah. for breaking that down. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's really my great. entire contribution yep. for the podcast. So. All right. Um, so let's talk thanks about for Le- listening. Everybody. <laughs> Bye everybody. Uh, let's talk about a uh, Le'Veon Bell. Because okay. I, I know that a lot of people uh, last season, especially, were, were hoping that there there could be a scenario uh, where Le'Veon Bell would have ended up with the Eagles prior to the trade deadline. And, and of course, that was one of the many positions that I complained about on this podcast with, you know, there being a, a legitimate issue and, and being something that I didn't think was sustainable going forward. And it ended up, you know, proving to be correct was that they just weren't good enough at running back. They didn't have a, enough of a dynamic playmaker. Really, it, it, it all came down at the end of the season to Darren Sproles coming back and, and being, you know, solid for them, being an X-factor. But, boy, would this team have looked a lot better with a guy like Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, in the backfield with Nick Foles in an extended playoff run. The the rumor that came out today, I think it was, maybe it was yesterday. No, it was, was, it that, was uh, today. It was the Lockham, that, Jason Lockham for a John that he wants uh, a $50 million deal. And there's no way it's going to happen, right? Like, there, there's no team in the league that's so desperate to have him. Now, you know, I, I guess if you're the Eagles, if you're any NFL team, maybe the one thing that the NFL does well and probably is going to be something that baseball is going to look to do at some point, we'll get to baseball later. But, you know, you can guarantee the guy money in his signing bonus and then take a smaller cap hit and not have to guarantee anything past that first year. 
if you're the Eagles, like you have to at least consider it, right? Like, unless you think you're going to be able to pick somebody up in a later round at, at the running back position, or you really think that you can go into next season with, you know, Corey Clement being the lead back or like getting Jay Ajayi, who's already got bag and knee issues, like on a, on a team friendly deal. I mean, you have to at least kick the tires on it, right? I mean, it's just too expensive, you know? It's like, how the hell are you going to put $50 million into two years at Le'Veon Bell? Like, you can pay him $25 million a year for two years? No, you can't. He's 27? 28, because yes. he's played five years, but uh, didn't play last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's fresh, you know? I mean, because he didn't play last year, but, like, still five seasons is a lot of you know, running back mileage in, in this day and age, you know, um, he has 1200, a little more than 1200 carries. And I think he's caught like 300 passes at that time. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be perfect to play here, but I don't, I don't know. It's just too risky. And you know, like the Eagles spread the ball around, um, you know, even in the Super Bowl winning year, you know, Ajayi and, and Blunt, uh, you know, sort of, and, and Corey Clement split the load, uh, and then when you when you factor in targets for Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey and whoever your uh, WR two and three are next year, I mean, I don't I don't even know if there's enough to go around for for Le'Veon Bell, you know? Like, I mean, you you can look in free agency at like a Tevin Coleman, T.J. Yeldon, uh, Mike Davis. They're all like twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven years old, same age, and they're going to cost you a fraction of what Le'Veon Bell does. Um, I mean, you could gamble on Sproles, Ajayi, um, Spencer Ware as a free agent. He was injured last year. Um, and then Ghost go running back in the draft, like third or fourth round or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I just think it's like you're just too top-heavy, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Eagles have been a team that, that's, you know, always been pretty balanced in that in that department as far as, like, spreading the salaries around. Plus, he got a bunch of question marks on the defensive line, too. I just, I just can't see putting that much money into somebody like Le'Veon Bell, you know? I can't either. Um, well, is Jason Lockhart for like? I guess a, let's 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 kill that one. I guess I don't know. Well, is he? Let me ask you this. There's two two things. First of all, Jason Lockhart for also said this. This is a great tweet from him. He said, "Interested teams are starting to inquire on Antonio Brown." Let me read that again. I mean, they, interested <laughs> te- interested teams, Russ, are starting to inquire on Antonio Brown. Yeah, I right. mean, no shit. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously, this is the, it's, the, it's the equivalent of the, is blue, the it is the is equivalent of the John Heyman tweets. Uh, don't right? even like get the, me started on John Heyman. Dude. Oh my god, dude. if I got to so, see his dumbass emoji <laughs> avatar show, up, you know I'm gonna, uh, you know I'm gonna spam it. I'm gonna spam. It. Here's what I'm gonna do. I shouldn't tell you this now, but you know when god. when your wife gives birth, um, and and you guys are are getting home, and you know your your family or friends or whatever are showering you with like stuff that you don't need and everybody wants to go out and buy clothes for the baby and it's yeah, a whole thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pain yeah here here's my parenting advice to you by the way uh unsolicited oh this thanks. is actually this is actually useful this is what everybody um, wants to hear on the all the people no 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 and and people who are parents are going to agree with this okay getting things for newborns is stupid because a lot of babies are already too big for whatever the the newborn size is and all these people shower the you know kids with with clothes and everything yeah. keep receipts and return it there you go 
Anyway, okay, here's what I'm going to do. By you. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to get. Oh, we did that with with so many things. I mean, there were like cute things that they would get for, you know, an infant. And it's like, well, no, like he's already like yeah. a size too big, and like none of this is ever going to. I only bought whatever. one thing. Yeah, Return I only to bought Target. one thing for her. Again, it was like because I was ordering something else. I got her a uh, Motorhead onesie. A primo. No, I didn't get her a Primo hoagie. Okay. I got her a Motorhead onesie because I wanted her to be a a little rock and roll. But what chick. size did you get? Um, it's like six months or something like that. Okay, yeah, then you're good. Yeah. Um, so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get John Heyman's avatar, that Bitmoji avatar he's got. Oh, I can't I'm gonna stand get Bitmoji. I am gonna get that on probably a baby blanket for you. Maybe I'll get matching shirts for you, your wife. And your baby. Oh, I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think that would be great. The Heyman. By the way, Listen, why I, I finally saw what John Heyman looks like. And for whatever reason, like if, if 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 you're listening to this and you haven't actually looked up what John Heyman really looks like, John Heyman is so much younger looking than what that Bitmoji would, would uh, make you think. So the Bitmoji doesn't do him any favors at all? No. Like... I, I think it makes him look older. Why do people... Let me ask you a question. Why do people... It's kind of like a rhetorical question. I don't know if there's an answer. What, what is it about the Bitmoji that makes people want to do it, like, as a Twitter avatar? Hold on, sorry. Like, Let me not... reverse that. It makes him look very young, and then you look at his picture, and you're like, this dude... This dude does not... No. Oh, you had it backwards? The Bitmoji yeah, yeah. makes him yeah, look yeah. young, the, but he's really old? Yeah, because it, it makes him look youthful oh. and, and excited. Do people and then, like, do you the Bitmoji because they don't and... like the way that they look? Like, yes. Okay. Or yes. they their headshot is like so outdated. Like I always see people. And I'm not sure if this is a Flyers thing either, but I always see people at the Sixers who have like headshots on their credentials that were taken like ten years ago. Yeah, there are no headshots <laughs> on the credentials. But like, no, no, I, no, no. I, see, I know, like, I know what you're talking like, about. I yep. always see. Uh, I love Tom Lemayne, who's always at the Sixers game. And Tom used to work at, at Channel Three uh, before I started working there i started working at channel three in 2009 tom i think retired like a couple years before that um but he's always been a basketball guy tom's um headshot on his credential i think it came was is from like 1997 or something like that it's like (laughs) nothing just looks like nothing like he currently looks now tom moore too tom is like the funniest dude on the planet tom's uh credential is do you see tom at the flyers games is he still going yeah sometimes i see him. his 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 sixers credential i think the headshot came from like 2006 or something like that well that's like bob brookover (laughs) on uh on twitter like it's an ancient headshot like bob and bob nightingale's like uh avatar oh it's gosh, like a blurry it's it, like a blurry it's not no, even like it looks right. like he was down in punta cana and had like his shot taken like overlooking the ocean like after he like emptied out the rum bottle no, in the like, complimentary like, you know mini bar it's like it's only like a hundred pixels by like 125 <laughs> <laughs> so here th- this is going to be the best i want you to look this up right now but like that's if, always if you but, but russ it's like a, that's like a writer kind of thing like i never see like any of our followers like any of our podcast listeners and stuff like that like i never see the bitmoji avatar no on their, no, their it's, stuff it, it was know? like a middle-aged mom thing to do on facebook four years ago to the, and my yeah. buddy sam my buddy sam had he like started a bitmoji and like it was an everyday thing and it was like dude you've got to stop and then we we're like, we're all going to unfriend you. Like, we will not talk to you until you get rid of this stupid thing. <laughs> and then eventually he met his wife and like, now everything's fine. He takes a lot of pictures yeah. of his dog, but I'd rather see a picture of his dog than his Bitmoji. I've he's only probably, ever used, he's like, probably mad that I use this. Anyway. Bitmoji to send like goofy shit to my wife, like a picture of me holding like a taco. You know, it says yeah. like, let's get tacos. Uh-huh. But I've never uh-huh. put that shit on uh-huh. Twitter. Um, here's what I want people to do. Let's get and, and if you don't know this name, I want you to look it up. Seriously, Google it right now. Look up the name Mo Rocca. 
Mo Rocca has a show on the cooking channel called My Grandmother's Ravioli, and he released a podcast this year called Mobituaries. Mo Rocca is what John Heyman's avatar looks like. If you showed me a picture of John Heyman and Mo Rocca, and then this bitmoji, I would say 50 times out of 50, it's Mo Rocca. Look it up now. Did you? Uh, you no, didn't look I, it up. My browser, my latest on, browser man. was like centered in on Russia for some reason on Google oh, Maps. Great. I, don't know. great. I could just sit there and stare at Google awesome. Maps like all day long. I'm like Not a, Google Earth? I'll be a cartographer in an, in another life, I think. I don't know why I like maps. I just like staring at them or something. You're a, you're a geography enthusiast. I know. You could give you can name any country. I'll probably be able to give you the capital. I don't even remember how we got to this. We were talking about Le'Veon Bell. No, and then we got into uh, the Bitmoji thing because you brought up John Heyman. Do, so do you want to do Harper Machado or should we leave that for the end? See, now I'm actually worried. Like, what if we left something on the table? I don't think we did. I think we're fine. Let's do, you know, let's do Embiid and Furkan. Um, so I didn't go over. I didn't go over to Camden today because there was a there was a bunch of Harper shit going on, and it was like snowing anyway. And my wife was at home, so um, and then of course you get we get the press release that Embiid has left knee soreness and he's going to be out for a week and will be reevaluated in the week. And so you have the first. Um, is that you know, is that update going to come before or after the uh, the Mark Helfoltz three week update? <laughs> I'll wait. I'll hang up and listen. So. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, if Brett Brown comes out then, I guess, and says they knew about the knee thing and they, it wasn't anything serious, the MRI said that there was no damage in there or whatever, but this is like a load management, whatever kind of thing, then, excuse me, <clears throat> why the fuck was he playing in the All-Star game? And uh, why was know, he doing karaoke just... to, uh, I think it was, was that a Drake song? I didn't uh, seriously, are we going to, you're going to go after the guy for having fun at karaoke. No, 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 in, no. In a, but it's like, look, North Russ, Carolina. Come no, no, on, no, Russ, dude. you know, no. you know, I'm not, oh. no, stop. You know that I'm not one of those dudes who's like, you got to lock the guy in the room and tell him all he can do is eat, drink, rest and play like Fortnite or whatever. Like I know the athletes have to have a life. I know it means a lot to them to be part of all-star weekend and to be part of that whole thing. But like, if you knew there was something wrong with your knee and he's a franchise player, then just tell him to sit on the sidelines and do the load management then. And then he's only missing two games instead of three. There's just, there's no, justify- there's no justify. I know, but he's just going to have to get the fuck over it. There's no you justifiable gotta- reason that he should have been playing in the all-star game. If they, if they knew that he had a, an issue with his knee prior to it, it's a pride thing. Look at how different this NBA all-star weekend was. Look at the um, the influence. I mean, it, it was it was essentially social. God, I sound like was, Angelo Cataldi with this. Shit, you seriously but I, do, but I, I Rhea, believe it. Rhea, no, but it's Rhea. not. It's not. It's, no, but it's like, just common sense. It's not. Look like, at you know. Yeah, but look at what happened this weekend at at at, at All Star Weekend. We had uh, multiple rappers involved in the dunk contest. Where usually like there's oh, maybe a celebrity, cares? maybe one rapper. What was it? J Cole missed the dunk. Um, yeah. Oh, look, <laughs> I, it's more of a status thing now. I, I think like within within. Um, a community that that is like very NBA centric. I think you as a as a player have to go out and and, and do whatever it takes to catch the uh, the eye of of the people who are putting out the music that you know really hits home with a lot of the fan base. And and like in the case of Embiid, like I think that's what this is. Like I, no, I get you're, it, dude. You're it's not like you're not going to, to sit it out, right? Like I, and so and you also can't expect it. Look for as as injury riddled as Joel Embiid's career has been to this point with with this season really notwithstanding you never know how many all-star games you're going to get back to and like in wow. in his mind like you know sure you want to sit back and say like oh yeah i'm gonna be healthy the rest of my career Dude, but like I really you're trying you don't to make know. these guys just... happy and like you're walking a tightrope you know you're walking on pins and needles trying to do what's best for your franchise while also you know making making sure you're not upsetting him and allowing him to have fun and live his life and you know get these accolades and 
you know, throw lobs with um, Steph Curry and Giannis and whoever else was on his team. Like, I get all of that. You know, I mean, it's naive of me and anybody else to think that, like, like I said, that Ben Simmons is going to sit in his room all day playing PUBG, um, World of Warcraft, or whatever the fuck <laughs> PUBG, <laughs> whatever Don't PUBG do that. is. Don't do know. that to him. Come um, on, man. He's playing World of Warcraft, and f- that he's not going to want to date Kendall Jenner and go take her to the ice skating ring. It's like I get that, I get that, but yeah, like, but, but, like okay. but the most common sense thing to me is like saying like, like you're in a playoff race. You just got this this new team assembled like the optics of of if you knew he and i assume that brett this Singh like they that. knew before the all-star game I, I don't hear the actual quote but like if 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 they knew before the all-star game there's just no justification for letting him run up and down the floor there's actually probably more running because all they do is just chuck three pointers and lob so he's just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. he like, looked bad he looked bad in that game I know his so, his play was, style does not fit the Austin. No, not at all, not in the least. Um, no. It, it kind of reminded me of what happened. What was it two years ago they were like against the Rockets? Him. Yeah, it was. It was two. Yeah, two years yeah. ago. It was an ESPN game against the Rockets. When is it? it was like in March or something, where he had hyperextended the knee, right? And then he yes. uh, he came back in twice against like the doctor's orders or whatever because he wanted to school Nene, like whatever. It yeah, it happens, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I get it. Now you look at the stretch that they're about to go through, right? Like they. Uh, this is going to go out Wednesday night. So Thursday night, they're going to be playing. Uh, they're hosting Miami. Then Saturday, they're hosting um, Portland Trailblazers. Then they're on the road at the Pelicans, who are a, a dumpster fire. Really, out of those three teams, the only team that should give you a run is Portland. But you would hope that the rest of the team is going to be able to pick it up against them. You go on the yeah. road to OKC. Hopefully, he's by then he's back. Play in that game. But then here's what's here's what it's, happens because it's him against Russ, yeah, and, and then, then he goes and, he goes and too he hard in that game, and then you got the Warriors two days later. Exactly. That's the thing so. is that's and that's a Saturday night game. So that's a national game. If the Sixers are looking at this in a practical sense, they're going to want to make sure that Joel Embiid is fully healthy for Sixers Warriors on uh, Saturday the 2nd because that ends up being that marquee matchup and there there have already been this is a uh forget which podcast it was it was one of the ringer podcasts i think of the nba show where they were talking about the fact that in the past it's been a big issue like you know even a couple of years ago or no it was it was earlier this year when lebron got hurt and lebron sat out the uh the warriors game it was supposed to be a big marquee matchup and it it's felt like over the last year or so when they've been doing these saturday night games on abc that players and or that coaches have been sitting their players and really like for for a you know abc it's supposed to be the real the real you know money maker after the nfl season ended so if you're the sixers like you kind of have to do right by by your fans and make sure he's ready for that game if he misses the next two or three like he should be they should be fine they should beat yeah. miami portland's gonna be tough regardless but the the style that they play i actually would argue that you know, having having Ben in there almost as like a small ball five at, at certain points and kind of doing the up tempo offense with him out. Well, you're going to get to see will probably be more advantageous Jonah against Bolden Portland. Too, finally, it'll it'll be yep. time to free Jonah Bolden, who I thought should have been playing against Boston. Um, yeah, I you agree. Know, we talked about that, right? I mean, just the fact I that Boban is not a is not going to be the best matchup for for every team. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I I get why Brett did it. Portland throwing at it. Well, if, uh, Miami's throwing Hassan Whiteside at you. Portland, you got uh, Nurkic, um, yeah, and the Pelicans, Anthony Davis. I mean, Embiid always always plays really he, well he against Davis. He eats Anthony yeah. Davis for breakfast. So that's a shame that um, you know, he's not going to be available. Probably that's not also be assuming that they him. that they play Anthony Davis in that game. Well, yeah, I, I mean, they, go figure. They, right? Yeah, they're afraid of the the fine now, the hundred thousand. So I think fine, I but... think you're fine playing Boban against Whiteside because Whiteside's a slug. 
Um, the thing you Nurkic don't want to have is is, oh, yeah. is that his first game back is going to be that OKC game because you know he's going to go hard. I know because he's going to want to overcompensate. He and Russ like go now. after each other way too much, honestly, and you don't want his his first game. Honestly, to be that Russ, one. what I would what I would do is I would just sit him for these next four. Yep. I would just say, you're not playing against the Thunder. We're going to get you back healthy for the Warriors game. Because you know, I don't want him coming flying out of the gates and, you know, kind of. You know what, though? I can almost argue like that. That, that you sit him out of the next five. I know you don't want to. But if there's any well, concern that there's going to be a lingering issue and you, you even sit him against Golden State and say, like, look, we beat them on the road. It. Like, that's great. We don't we don't know if we're going to beat them at home. Like, whatever. Then you, you ease him in against the Magic, you ease him in against Chicago, you can go full bore against the Rockets, yeah, you verse, host the Pacers. Magic then, at Bulls, at yep, Rockets. And then, it's, and then you got home against Pacers, home against Cavs, home against Kings. Those are all shit. And, yeah. and really, the 17th, that's the game that's at Milwaukee, and that that's a big one. And then you've got at Hornets, not a big deal. And then you host the Celtics on the 20th. Well, so yeah, like there like is a stretch in there that really the... does matter, but I'm not so yeah. sure that the next four or five... That you can't go three and one against these teams even without Joel Embiid. Yeah, well, last year I think year, the I only mean, real loss here broken, is, is OKC with a broken face last year, and him yep. missing all those games coming up to the playoffs. If you know you got this now, just sit him down and and ramp him up towards the playoffs. You know, yep. um, there's no point to piss around with it. You know, you do have to fight for position here. I think they can scrape some games without him, but yeah, I think that time you target it is probably ideal because. Then you'll be down to 20, uh, 19, like 18 to 19 games left. So I think that's yep. probably a deal. Yeah, Furcon, Furcon too, man. Um, I'm sorry, did you have a final Embiid point that you wanted to say? No, it was just going to be about the schedule. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I kind of feel for Furcon, man, because he's got he's got a torn meniscus now. Happened in the Boston game at some point. I don't know when. Um, you know, he had the, the foot injury last year. Um Comes in and out of the lineup this year, gets some minutes uh, with guys, you know, going out, especially after the Covington uh, trade, you know, and Butler coming in. He was getting some time off the bench when the bench was thin. Um, I mean, I think you knew that Furcon was probably going to be phased out eventually with Simmons and Ennis being in the lineup now um, as they, you know, try to try to slim it down towards the playoffs and they and they get it down to like an eight-man eight rotation. But, um I don't know. I, I was kind of liked Furkan's game. I, th- I thought Furkan had a little bit of swag to his game, and I thought he had some good moments. Uh, obviously, he probably doesn't have the physical tools to to defend in the playoffs or really at the NBA level. But, um, I mean, he's a guy who I would like to see be successful wherever he goes next. I don't know if he sticks, sticks around in the NBA or if he goes back to Turkey or something like that. But um, that was disappointing too. But I think at the end of the day, you don't really have to worry about that so much because your bench rotation uh, in the playoffs is going to be Ennis, Simmons, uh, Boban or, or or Bolden, depending on the matchup, I guess. And uh, Furkan's going to end up going to uh, to Dallas and getting himself in the corner wide open when uh, when Luka Doncic just finds him and and they play inside out with Kristaps Porzingis. Is next this year. All year, the All Euro team or something like that? Yeah, well, Turkey's going to it's going to make me weep. I think Dallas is going to become my new. Uh, they're going to become my West Coast team. Here's your geography. Not West Coast. Here's your geography lesson for the podcast. Uh, part of Turkey is in Europe and the other part is not. So when I say that Furkan's a Euro, I think technically he is because he's from Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Uh, one part of Istanbul is on the one side and the other on the other side. I don't know. I have to look it up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just disappointing that they would end that way for him. But Embiid, like, you just sit him so down. So if Turkey get gets in the EU and part of them are, is not in Europe, then what? Okay, no, like it's the f- straight of whatever the fuck it's called, and like it's half of Istanbul. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> is that the technical name? Is that in Turkish? <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna look Thanks it up right that. now because no, it's bugging me. Um, Istanbul, the Strait, the street the Strait of, of Gibraltar. No, the Strait, the Strait, the Strait of of, uh, of uh, the, is, no. the Strait of the Bosphorus. Is that what it's called? Bosphorus. No, where's that? The Strait of Bosphorus uh, sounds like phosphorus, which is the uh, the word you need oh to say if you're gonna gosh, ever try to work on a Nicolas Cage impression. Istanbul. Phosphorus. Um, wow. The Declaration of Independence. Did we, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, by the Very way, I'm sorry. This, Good pod. this, no. Here, I'm no, going to talk about the Eastern Conference. No, 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 while listen, you do that. listen. This, um, what? this, <laughs> this press row show that you guys did last night, this chick that you had from Tampa on there with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. How did you rope her into doing that with you and Anthony? That was Anthony. Oh, it she was Anthony. used to, yeah. So she used to write for the Phantoms. I guess the year that Anthony was in the lockout, oh, when okay. they did the, the, the NHL lockout. The Bosphorus Street. It's Anthony the Bosphorus Street. It was Bosphorus. I told you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry. yeah. So anyway, Anthony saw her before the game and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, she used to write for the Phantoms. So she actually okay. probably knows a, a few of the players, like, blah, blah, blah. And like, why don't we get her on? And like, we've talked in the past about, you know, why don't we just for like one of the intermission shows why don't we get somebody from the other teams you know beat court to, to come on over and now that i'm like i finally kevin after uh what is it 55 games i'm uh finally permanently next to anthony for the rest oh, of the right. year that's a big I, step I, you, yeah, yeah. I used to have to uh send an email every morning to say yes i will be at the game tonight oh um, that's but terrible. anyway yeah. we've we've been talking about you know doing that and then last night he's like oh why don't we just get her because she's actually from you know she w- was around this team before like fine so I was like, all right, I guess. And then um, you can see I look very uncomfortable. I'm like, my shoulders are collapsed because I don't want to, like, make contact with a person I don't know. I also don't want to, like, be sitting on Anthony's lap. It's just not – it is not a, uh, a good scenario to put three people yeah. on the press row show. I don't know how much I'm going to be into that going forward. I just, we'll like, see. I kept pausing it at points where she looked like – she was like, what the hell am I doing here? And why am I talking yeah. to these two? <laughs> yep, I know. Listen, I want to talk about uh, – I want to make it one final Hold Sixers on. point. What? Hold on. Before you do, is it a really good Sixers point? Are you going to do a stadium series update here? No, I was I was going to tease. Oh. I was going to tease. Uh, Kevin Kincaid has a really great Sixers point after this very brief word from our sponsor. Do, do, do. Crossing Broadcast is brought to you by Bryn Mawr Medical Specialist Association Cardiology at Lankanaw. Doctors Jason Bradley and Jeffrey Wool are conveniently located at 6 Lancaster Avenue in Wynwood, within walking distance from Lankanaw Hospital, where they are on staff. They've both been recognized as top docs in cardiovascular disease by Mainline Today. They specialize in preventative cardiology, cardiovascular imaging, preoperative cardiac clearance, sports cardiology, and general cardiovascular care. Appointments are often available within 48 hours. Uh, They also have a full on-site cardiovascular imaging suite where they perform cardiac and vascular ultrasound, stress testing, Holter monitoring, and much more. And the best part, parking is free. Do you like free, Kevin? Do you like free? Always. You should. Always love free. If you have any cardiac symptoms or concerns or you just want to make sure your heart is healthy and stays that way, call them today at 484-380-2808. Again, that's 484-380-2808. And again... A big thank you to Bryn Mawr Medical Specialist Association Cardiology at Lankanaw, uh, Doctors Jason Bradley and Dr. Jeffrey Wool. And, uh, you know, like we always say, check the uh, the Apple Watch. You've seen irregularity. Go get the old ticker checked out. I was laughing because I did the uh, the ringer music there for a second. Oh, and, you? Uh, yeah, 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 you and Jeff are all about the ringer. You do the yeah, Bill Simmons I just podcast and all that. I enjoy it. I know they listen to the podcast, so, you know, like, so, um, we'll do ringer Philadelphia. It'll be fine. Can we talk about this Angelo Cataldi Sixers column? Can we not? Hold on. 
You didn't tell me. No, you said it was a Sixers thing. It you is can't a go Sixers. Cataldi on me after That's that. A, it is a Sixers. Yeah, it's he's talking about the Sixers. Here, really quick, mini mini point back to our our other thing, and then go to Cataldi. Uh, Sixers are tied with Boston right now in the standings, but the Celtics obviously have the tiebreaker. Indiana somehow is uh, is a full game ahead of the Sixers, but they're eventually going to collapse, right? They have to. They can't just ride Sabonis and that young. saying that. But... Yeah, there's yeah. there's no way that stays. So you, you got to think Boston's probably going to finish third. Um, so when you think about sitting out Embiid, you've just nailed down the fourth seed. If worse comes to worse, nail down the fourth seed, because if this holds, I like the Sixers' chances against the Bucks much better than I do uh, against the Raptors. And yeah. at least the Raptors and Celtics could beat each other up and, and then you have a better Eastern Conference final. I get that the, the Bucks are absolutely out of their minds yeah. offensively and defensively and whatever. I, I just think they're a better matchup. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Angelo Cataldi. No, I mean, I just so he writes his column for voice. I think it's like a weekly column, you know, and I've ripped apart a couple of them because they're just like, no, they're just fucking lazy, and like he's just mailing it in. He's not even making sense half the time with what he's talking about. Like a couple of weeks ago, he wrote a column that said, you know, the no way the Phillies should bring in Manny Machado because he doesn't hustle. And then like a week later, he said he wrote a column saying, if the Phillies don't get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, then the season is a fa- the off season a failure. I'm like, what the hell are you even talking about, dude? Like he's just contradicting himself. He's just mailing it in, just cruising to retirement. And like, look, as a preface, like I don't I don't blame the dude, like. Yeah, my dad used to ride around listening to Angelo all the time. You know, when I was a kid, he'd always have it on, uh, you know, in the car or whatnot. I don't, I don't have any. I have a lot of respect for for what Angelo has built as a business person and from a persona and a brand perspective, and for as much money as he earns, as much money as he makes for WIP. I mean, he's obviously really important to what they do. Um, so I don't, I don't you know, have anything against the guy from that standpoint. He's made a nice living for himself. And, and as a person who's as a moderate political dude who appreciates, you know, what, how people find a way to make a name for themselves in a f- open ended free market capitalist friggin' society, like Cataldi's done really well for himself. Okay. He's found something that works and he's done it over and over and over again. Okay. Um, but I mean, today he's just lazy as shit. And like his takes don't even make any sense. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about half the time. Uh, he's just acting like he goes into WIP and he puts on this persona and he acts for a couple hours and then he goes home. He's Alex Jones. Yeah. I don't even think he believes half the shit he says. He's just created this like, all Philly fans are this and this and I speak for Philly fans and we're going to get fake angry about everything. And then he goes home and they know he doesn't believe any of it. So that's why it's it's like personally offensive to me because he's, he's, saying shit that gets people like there's two different things there's a Sixers point and a Phillies point but what the one thing he said the Todd Zalecki wrote the Phillies article last night that's the talked about the Machado fallout or how it related to the Phillies you know and there's a line in there that said like uh you know the Phillies were concerned were thinking about whether or not Manny Machado might have been booed booed or not you know by the fans like why the hell would you be concerned about that what what it's Philadelphia sports fan it's in their so right dumb. mind is going to boo Manny Machado on day one. Why? Because like Angelo Cataldi's legion of like idiot moron listeners listen to him say that he doesn't hustle. I mean, Angelo tweeted tweeted this um, yesterday after the Machado news broke. He said Manny Machado is taking his lazy ass to San Diego. Woo hoo! Now it's time for the Phillies to sign Bryce Harper. If not, a disaster ahead. It's your move, Matt Klentak. Sign Harper today or else. Or else. Or else what? Or else what, you 67-year-old fucking prick? Or else what? You're going to fight him? 
You're going to get him on your show and yell at him? Like, come on. Dude, that tweet just sums up everything that, I, that is everything that is wrong with Philadelphia sports and Philadelphia sports media, you know? Because it's like it's insulting to us. Like it's like to say that like we only appreciate the blue collar, like hard working hustle guy. That's not true at all. Manny Machado would instantly be the best offensive player that this team has had since what? I mean, two thousand eleven. It it's just it's, Easily, it's yeah. like it just drives me freaking crazy because then when Zalecki puts this in his article that says the the Philly's front office was thinking about whether Machado would be booed or not. That's a direct result of this guy just spewing his shit over the airwaves to these people the who gobble is, it up. Like he should have no it, that's, influence. That's the problem. He should have that, nothing. That's that's the problem. Is that people are stupid, oh right? God, like, I, I, like, look, I don't, like I don't, I don't mean. Man. Here's here's the thing: the people that listen to to the shows here, like the comment section on the site is is awful. Uh, the the Facebook the Facebook comments. That go up about posts on They're this site. I, I swear people are, are really dumb. But like I, every time I sit back and think, man, like we don't hear. I feel like when people interact with us on Twitter, we don't get nearly the amount of stupidity that that just apparently permeates the the entire area. Yeah. But like I told you in the past, like riding on the the like the um, press elevator at Wells Fargo Center, like a couple people who were like I, I guess worked in concessions. Who are saying, oh, I, I want Harper. I don't want Machado because he's lazy. And they're like, oh, you know about Hispanics. I'm like, Jesus. Like, why? Because like, of, of, like, of the one quote. Because of the Johnny Hustle quote from, but, last, from October or whatever. And then it's like, oh, I was listening. Did you hear on the radio that Machado doesn't like to hustle? I'm like, are you people serious? Are you? Do you not realize how easily, how readily available information is to you? You can read the quote. You can see the quote. You can listen to the quote. You can You can get the context around the quote. You can watch the guy play. It's not the 1920s. You're not subjected to, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. here's here's the radio telecast. Here's here's the broadcast of the game. Here's the here's the morning newspaper and that's the the only exposure you have. Like people you're better than here's this. the part. How how do you buy into what uh, what, how old is he? Sixty-seven. Yeah, like, like that. how do you buy into this guy? Here's the here's it's the, the quote. same thing with like Eskin. When when people go crazy about what Howard Eskin tweets, it's like why? I know, he hasn't said. Why do you care? In, in He's a caricature. Right why do you care? Why are you basing your opinion on this guy? And then the worst thing is when you actually confront somebody and they go, "Oh, well, I, you know, I mean, I, I I know that he doesn't really mean it, but you know, he gets me fired up in the morning." Like, what? yeah, but it's all fake. It's like that's the thing. I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't care so much about Angelo, and I wouldn't like rip him constantly on the site. Like, if you read anything else that I write about the media, I think I try to be pretty fair. Like, I had three people come up to me the previous week that said thanks for they said like thank you for being fair when it came to like the Santa Liquido stuff that, that involved like Jack McCaffrey and some of the other writers and Jeff McClain was mentioned there whatever so like I appreciate that because like I, I you know I'm not I don't rip anybody in those I try to just give an honest take on it but what Angelo does um is like actively det- detrimental to you know building <laughs> you know, prosperous fan player relationships and atmospheres in Philadelphia to the point where Zalecki is putting this in his story. It says, quote, the Phillies were not completely crushed by Tuesday's development. They had some misgivings about signing Machado following his Johnny Hustle comments last fall in the National League Championship Series. If the club mm-hmm. was going to give somebody $300 million, they wanted to feel confident that he would, be booed, that he would not be booed on opening day. 
so like where do fans get this idea like who is like whipping them into a frenzy saying that we should boo you know it's the guy who mm-hmm. brought the dirty 30 morons to new york to boo the selection of donovan mcnabb back in 1999 that's where it all comes from like that's the genesis of it it's him and it's this idea that's this like absolutism where it's like we want this or nothing else you know we want this or nothing else like i said before it's like insulting to say that philly is only a blue collar workman like lunch pail town like that's such a simple way of looking at sports and and thinking about the game you know you had people who understood the process and understood what sam hinkey was trying to do with that you know i'm not saying it was right or it was wrong but it was a different different way of looking at a rebuild and then you have people who like analytics and appreciate analytics you know i'm not saying that's the right or wrong way to do anything either but it's another you know angelo's crowd is just oh the process you don't lose on purpose blah 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 oh manny machado he doesn't hustle so we don't get him blah blah oh analytics baseball is not about numbers blah 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 you know it's like he's purposefully angelo Cataldi purposefully keeps you in the stone age because it helps his brand you know this fake manufactured outrage that's uh anachronistic to the world that we're currently living in you know Uh, it's just it's it just fucking like bothers me because if the guy was just you know not doing anything to that really meant much of anything you just let him do his thing or whatever but it's like actively detrimental because if the phillies are listening to wip or like reading twitter or whatever the hell and they're like really seriously thinking that they wanted to be confident that this guy would not be booed on opening day, then who do you think we have to thank for that idea being anything in Philadelphia? Yeah. It's all uh, shit, dude. It's all horse shit, which is why it, which is why it bugs me so much. So anyway, the yeah. point that I was going to make, I didn't even realize there's two different things here, but Angelo wrote about the, the Boston game, the Boston Sixers game. <sighs> um, and he wrote, it, the name of this story was uh, Angelo Cataldi calling the Sixers weak spot, maybe head coach Brett Brown. That's probably fair. I mean, cer- it was certainly fair. By it's Phil Kaidel, what? Oh, <laughs> Phil Kaidel, ghost written by Phil Kaidel. But no, Angelo is saying, you know, is Brett Brown the weak point on the sixty? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's a good premise. It's a fair premise. He's probably not wrong. Um, but Angelo goes and says this. He says, without belaboring every glitch in the final moments, every timeout Brett Brown failed to call, every misplay he oversaw. Let's just say the game came down came down to Joel Embiid versus Al Horford. 34 seconds left, the Celtics ahead, 106-104. Okay, first of all, it didn't come down to that. That's not what it came down to, okay? That was one of the final, like, four possessions or five possessions of the game. It didn't come down to that. He says the NBA would acknowledge in his subsequent two-minute report that Embiid was hacked on the ensuing shot, and he was. Okay, yes. And then he says, but why was the star center left to his own devices with the game on the line? Embiid later took all the responsibility on himself, saying it would have been better to call a timeout, but his team had none. Actually, the Sixers had two. It was the responsibility of Brett Brown to set up that play, not Embiid, as he so often does. The coach chose to leave it to his players. He's talking about two different, completely different things here. <laughs> okay, the first one, the Horford and Embiid thing with the non-foul, that was when it was 106 to 104 with 30 seconds left. Then the thing he's talking about there with the timeouts is when Tobias Harris chucked up the three-pointer, Embiid puts the ball back up, puts a layup back up with 3.4 seconds on the clock, and, and the timeout situation being what it is. So he's taking two different things here. He's just confusing them. I don't even know like what the hell he's really trying to say. And furthermore, they got Embiid versus Horford 90 seconds before that, and he got the bucket and one, and they took the lead on that. So why would they not go back to that again? You know, but again, this is stuff that Angelo doesn't think about. I don't think he even watched the game. 
He doesn't need he's to. Going to. He goes to bed before the game's even over. He gets a couple talking points in the morning. He spreads his shit all over the airwaves. People believe it. And then it's actively detrimental to what the Phillies are trying to do in free agency or how people this is why look I at come the back. game. You know, like, say, walk, walk away from these washed-up old dudes who are just telling you shit that's basically antithetical to what we should be, we should be believing in the first place. It comes back to a, a long-held question that I've it's had, which is how many of how many of the people who are on the air actually watch the games and know what they're watching? I mean, those are two separate issues. actors, dude. But who watches it and who actually understands the game? Because I've seen at least one producer of a, uh, of a radio show in this city uh, commenting on the Philadelphia Flyers, specifically on Carter Hart. And any time he, like, spews a, a nonsense take about, you know, oh, you know, Carter Hart's got to be, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you, you have a bad defense in front of you. You know, you should still make all the saves. If you're really that great, you make all the saves. It's like, well, no, that's a stupid take. Like, I don't think you watch. I don't well, think no, you understand what you're watching. Like, it's like, this whatever. world where, like, you, it's like, better to uh, have a then, take than to have a bad take than no take at all. Like, what the fuck yes. world is that? I don't want to live in that world. Well, look, I think this is, this is what happened. And for those who might have missed it who are Phillies fans, if you didn't listen to the most recent cross-up with, uh, with Bob and Anthony... This was a thing they talked about, specifically with uh, John Heyman, and the idea that there is this, you know, this there's been this shift to a lot of writers trying to get their stuff out on Twitter first, and then having maybe some kind of news later, right? I mean, like with with John Heyman, he's not actually breaking news. There there was an article, I forget where it's at. There was an article published, I think, two days ago. Where it said, like, John Heyman has posted the same thing 20 times within, like, the last few months. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, it's the exact same thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, the Phillies might be involved. Oh, the Phillies. The Phillies this. San Diego this. Chicago this. It's the same thing. It's, like, essentially a copy-paste tweet, right? People don't actually care about having the information. They want to have it first. Now, I think there's a, a line that you have to toe. I think we talked about this on the Sources podcast. But, like, there are times when, when Anthony has a scoop on something. And he wants to put it into a post. And it's not even, like, to me, I kind of lean more to, look, if you have something that's breaking, you put it out, right? And and if you want to be somebody who puts it out and has a post ready to go, then that's fine. Anthony, I think, sometimes likes to have uh, what I would consider breaking and something that would, you know, get a lot of eyes and then get a lot of eyes to the post. He tends to kind of weave that into a longer piece. And then sometimes I'm like, Oh, you know, it feels like it got buried a little bit. Like it's there, but you know, in, in the current landscape of things, you know, having that scoop out there and, and putting it out to the people and getting them to talk about it, you know, that kind of conversation carries itself long enough for you to finish the post, you know? But I think it, it works if the idea is you're going to support it with something and with context. And in, in the case of what these guys do, like in, in Heyman's case, there's never really anything that he's going to write about that's going to give, that's going to pull back the curtain and give you any kind of further elaboration, right? It's like, well, of course we know the Phillies are still in. Of course we know that in, in theory the White Sox were interested and the Padres were interested, but you haven't actually brought anything new to the table. You're not saying that I spoke to three executives who work for the Chicago White Sox who said this, this, and this. And then at the same time, you know, I went and I was exchanging texts with somebody from San Diego and this is what they're saying. Those posts don't follow. 
It's just, hey, I saw this. And it gets a lot of retweets. It gets a lot of likes. And that's just kind of where, I mean, where journalism or sports writing is gone. And, and and so, like, with, with Anthony and Bob, with you know, they talked about this. And, and, I, and, and they're right. And I think you and I have talked about it. Like, I, it's just... It's a frustrating thing. You know, one of the stations in town has really gone all in on the idea of, like, take, 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 take. And I think when you're playing with it, like, I think the Art of the Take podcast is funny, right? I, I think it's funny because they're essentially making fun of the current landscape. I think it's Yeah, and those I think guys, are having, I think those guys witty, are having fun. It's tongue, and they're having fun with it. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I think that's fine. And I, I like that show because I, I think it does a good job kind of making yeah. fun. It's, it's social commentary. It captures the zeitgeist, right? But like but people like Cataldo is, and Eskin or, or Cataldo, Cataldo, Cataldo. <laughs> One Cataldi is a Cataldo, and in Italian, when you yeah. pluralize a, a masculine noun like Cataldo, like Catal- it would make Cataldi. And like I say, what they do is like actively detrimental to the the eco. To use a Brett Brown word, to the ecosystem we're trying to create here and we're trying to live in. Like we don't. There's no purpose for any of that. You know, to yep. to keep people purposefully stupid. It's like I don't know if anybody if if anybody listening has ever read uh, the book Brave New World before uh, by Aldous Huxley in Brave New World it's like a utopian future where they have like every bit of technology or whatever the hell right and so they create humans in a lab or whatever and they create they could create every single human perfectly if they wanted to you know but they don't because they need people to like push the buttons in the elevators or like make hamburgers or something like that right I don't I forget what the other yep. atmospheres or the other um example is so they purposefully um create stupid people like like less yeah. than perfect people to like keep society dumbed down and like do menial tasks and other things that other people wouldn't do and i feel like angelo Cataldi is creating people in brave new world by keeping them purposefully stupid and like fake and faking outrage all that's perpetually outraged about what you know about what yeah. like i i it's archaic it's outdated it's anachronistic it's not reflective of what this city is anybody who's 35 years or younger probably has some kind of appreciation for for analytics or numbers or statistics or or looked at the sam hinky thing as being interesting and kind of different um you know and and doesn't really at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you believe it's that you're willing to consider that you know what i mean for these for people like him to just poo poo that stuff right off the bat it's just such a like um, a caveman level mode of operation. You know, if you, if you possess a shred of critical thinking uh, and, or, you know, measured analysis in your, in your DNA, then you can look at this and say, this is all just a, a fucking act, you know, yep. real quick, Russ, uh, Zion Williamson's Nike. I'm, shoe. I'm watching it watching right now. Thing? Holy shit. Man. Yes. And now he's hurt. His Nike shoe exploded on national TV, and he hurt his knee on the play. Like, the whole shoe just, like, literally just fell apart. Like, it burst at the seams. That's, I'll tell you what, <sighs> maybe the, uh, they'll uh, partner up with Samsung and, and make a new note. Remember how that would blow up in everybody's <laughs> pocket? I mean, this is I just nice. want to let everybody know that, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not, like, a negative dude. I just, the thing with Angelo bothers me, you know? It's like, I think we try to be pretty, like... I think everything that we do now is usually pretty fair on the site. Like we write about the media and like the Santa Laquita stuff. I don't think I really went after anybody or like the Jeff McLean stuff. I don't really think I went after anybody. I think Sealski was kind of took the, the respect comment the wrong way. 
um, with that thing. But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be like an angry dude. I think because Angela makes me angry, then I get angry. I'm angry that I'm angry, you know? So because I'm, because yeah. I'm outraged at his perpetual outrage machine, then I just get sucked into the shit, you know? But, yep. um, no, nah, I mean, I'm just I trying to have fine. fun. Look, I, I'm just look, trying to write shit and have fun, man. Are, not take myself. I think there are people who definitely know? agree with you. Here's the funny thing, oh, it, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole now, but like watching what happened to Zion Williamson, and we don't obviously don't know what the extent of the injury is. We're recording this show in in real time as this is happening, right but but um, the tickets for the UNC Duke game were going for over twenty five hundred dollars, right? Like there there were tickets that were available that were over twenty five hundred bucks. Man. And you want to talk about like why college athletes or why some college athletes deserve to be paid? Like, imagine if this Nike shoe blowing up cost Zion Williamson being the the top pick in the draft. Like, imagine he he just tore his ACL and MCL. Not saying that's what it happened. God, imagine if it is though. And now he he went from having you know this great college season and getting himself set up to be like the number one pick. Like maybe it's the Knicks, maybe it's somebody, whoever. And now like you know. He's either gonna he he could theoretically like miss his first pro season, which would you know work really well with the Sixers, or uh, you know he it could cost him guaranteed money now. And like sure he can make it up in endorsements or whatever, but like if you they, think about it, it's like how fragile how fragile this whole thing. Can I know, go, dude. If they ever you know, had, like, if they ever did like like a their version of like a collusion case uh, or like if it went to court and they needed to present a bunch of evidence to show why they should why they deserve to be paid. I mean, you could use the. Duke UNC tickets. You could show them how much Nick Saban is making as a football coach. Um, you could t- look at football revenue and how that pays for like every other sport at a lot of schools. It's just it's just ridiculous at this point, you know. It's ridiculous it's that these kids aren't being paid. I, lo- I love I love when Jay Billis goes on his like uh, his half Twitter rants where he sh- he just points out how ridiculous the NCAA is, how hypocritical they are with the with the amateurism thing, you know. Yep. Do you have any like actual uh, points about Harper and and Machado? Were you surprised? What was so your rea- Let me ask you this: What was your reaction uh, to Machado to San Diego? Good. I was like, good for him. Look, I, I to me, I think if if I had my 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 druthers, I would have rather them get Machado. In fairness, because he plays a premium position. If you convinced him to play third base, he's a a plus defensive player uh, at third. Fills a need, and and, and I think like ultimately numbers were were not and, great. And though. Harper Harper had like what was it a negative twenty six run differential yeah, last that's a year? Yeah, that Bob brings so, up. Yeah, and and so it's like you know, it's certainly not good. I mean, you're you're uh, you're in worse waters. The the Harper uh, defensive run save is like closer to a, a Darren Ruff. Like it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, in theory, I, I was more in on the concept of what Machado was. I like the kind of player that Bryce Harper is better. I think Bryce Harper mm. is more of a Philly guy, Bo. But like, I think ultimately, like if if it, if it were up to me, I thought that Machado, based on the way that the national writers who don't know what they're doing or have any sources, apparently, the way that they were talking, I thought, oh man, like two fifty might get it done. Like if you're the if you're the Phillies and you're not going to go and throw two hundred fifty million on the table for him, you're a bunch of morons. Look, I mean, I the deal that he got, and and. <laughs> This is one of the things that it goes back to a, a post that I wrote two months ago, three months ago, when the Venezuelan reporter came out and no, it, or maybe it was the Dominican. No, it was the Venezuelan. 
where he um he called Manny Machado I forget what it was something Molina so it was like one of the the folk uh, stories or whatever and talked about his girly hair the whole thing was awful um the idea that like he wasn't well respected as a guy who's trying to win San Diego's terrible San Diego has a really good farm system if you sign a 10 year deal he has what a five an opt out after year yeah. five I mean at least then it, it makes sense for him in a in a few ways and maybe this comes back to like the idea of you know, I think there's going to be labor unrest uh, in in baseball at some point because I think if you're owners, you would rather be able to to um, give a guy a big signing bonus and then not have guaranteed money past like whatever your say past year three or four. Mm-hmm. I think what you saw with this with the Machado contract is something more like you see in the NBA with LeBron and with Kevin Durant with like the one and ones. You know, having the early opt out is a real thing for a player. And when you look at it, it's like, all right, you know, for his agency, for what's his name, Dan Lozano, his uh, his yeah. agent, it looks really good for him because, boom, you got the three in the in the in the front of the of the contract number, right? Like you've got that three hundred million dollar thing, makes you look good as an agent, makes Machado look good, and then it also gives him the flexibility that, hey, if in five years this farm system really does suck and the weather is like just too nice and I can't stand the fact that Love you know it's seventy five and sunny Beautiful, all year, yeah. I can I can go somewhere else. Or, like, look, in, in a weird scenario that I don't see happening, contracts continue to inflate in five years, and now all of a sudden $40 million is, is really the going rate. Well, then, this is a great deal. And I think now you're looking at it, and, and I say, like, for, for Harper, he doesn't play a premium position. He's not a very good defensive player, or at least he wasn't last year. Um, like, what what's the end game here for Scott Boris? Well, now you've got to outdo that contract substantially. You've got to now get Bryce Harper an early opt-out, the same kind of thing, and it's got to be his side. It can't be a, a team opt-out. And you've got to go for something that I think is closer to 350 And And so now I think if if you're the Phillies, you continue to sit back and wait. I don't think that San Diego's a legitimate player in it. I don't think Chicago's going to go for it. I mean, Chicago is it really pretty the Phillies? much said they is, is, yeah. is it Is it really the Phillies against San Francisco? Washington, it seems like, has already committed so much money this offseason. Do they really care all that much? Do they feel like bringing Harper back is going to really move the needle? I feel like if, if you were going to do it, you would have just raised your offer at the end of the season. I And maybe I'm crazy. Again, the national guys don't know what they're doing. They don't seem to have any real insight. It's all just kind of like fanboying over this, this so, Harper thing. If, if you're the Phillies, this is the only thing I'll say. I... You and I, I think, have gone back and forth, usually in a positive way, about I, I will continue to compare the stupid money quote to star hunting, star developing. And, you know, I, I said in Slack, which one is, is the bigger failure? Yeah. If the if the Phillies don't end up getting Machado or Harper, is that a bigger failure than the Sixers not getting LeBron or, or Paul George or even Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard? And it's like, well, in the case of the Sixers... You never knew for sure if you were even going to have a shot at Kawhi because that was a trade. It seemed like LeBron had already resigned himself. Well, not resigned himself, but had had already committed to his post-basketball career ventures. He wanted to be out in L.A. And Paul George, quite frankly, did the most surprising thing. He took no meetings with any other teams and just re-upped with Oklahoma City. So, in a sense, you didn't have a shot with any of those guys, right? But in the case of... And plus there's a cap and you have to figure out a way to finagle getting guys under the cap and, and be able to continue to, to re-sign well, your own guys. So basketball is yeah. a little bit trickier. Yeah. But with the Phillies, I mean, your owner comes out and says stupid money, right? When I look at this Machado deal, 
I'm saying to myself, like, thirty million to me isn't stupid. And if if I had the flexibility as an organization to offer this guy a five year opt out, and you know, maybe maybe you encourage him to take it at that point. Like maybe, I don't know. Maybe something works out and you're able to, to work out another short-term deal with them at high money and, and you, you're mitigating your risk as an organization. I, I think it's a, a bad look for the Phillies to not have been in on it better. I now question what the deal was with Jim Salisbury's reporting because he was the only guy, really, who had reported that the Phillies were more interested in Manny Machado than Bryce yeah. Harper. If that's the case and they weren't willing to go anywhere near $300 million, then doesn't that signal that they're not there with Bryce well, Harper? Well, the Clintac like if- quote from yesterday... Yeah, he said, uh, uh, what was it like? We, you know, at that point, we walk away or something like that. But, but yeah, nobody like you really, have to, you have to have a moment. That yeah, you but nobody walk away. like overreacted to that necessarily because that didn't necessarily mean that they were applying that same logic to Harper as well. Like maybe they valued him at, at something different. Um, but see, that's where I, that, that's where I struggle. But here's with this the question, but here's the question, it, Russ. It's, it's, it's it, at yeah. what point, you know, at, at some point, Stupid money becomes justifiably moronic money, right? Uh, it's a very fine yeah. line where you go from this is a really ballsy, ambitious move to it's just plain fucking stupid, right? So where yeah. where where is that cutoff point? Is it three fifty for ten years? Is it three seventy five? I mean, at what point does it stop being well, ambitious? Here's, here's and it's just thing. like, wow, Who why the hell would you do that? That's the thing where I think you sit back and you say it's not our money. Like when fans get upset about, oh, I can't believe that San Diego is stupid enough to give this guy. He doesn't even hustle, and he's going to make thirty million dollars a year. Look, one, if but I'm at Manny some point Machado, you're overpaying the guy, are like, you not? Who? But but I'm not. You're not. Is the idea that now the John Middleton's going to raise ticket prices sixty percent to offset the cost? No, like but maybe, you I as a fan, then is your it, takeaway but, always going to be, look, I can't fault John Middleton for doing this because he really went for it. Like is that well, always going to be the like the same well, with Elton Brand is, throwing multiple picks into the into yeah. the Tobias Harris thing because the justification was it doesn't matter what the price is because it was it was it was more about the optics of being a major market team and really quote unquote going for it. Well, this is the thing that I said to Anthony before the Flyers game, I guess yesterday. I I said to him like, what's the worst thing if if you're the if you're the Phillies? Imagine Harper signed somewhere else. Is it worse to say? We had more money on the table, which means he chose to go somewhere else and was not entertained. He wasn't even entertaining the fact that you were offering a better contract. Or is it better to say we had a limit and then have your fans pissed at you because you didn't throw out stupid money? I don't know. I kind of lean to the former being worse. Because it then makes it sound like nobody wants to come to Philadelphia. Well, then you're... Because then it would be like, wow, now two free agents... Like, we... We have the video of Manny Machado coming to Citizens because Bank Park. Because if people say that it's we don't, not about we don't the have money, that with they're going to say, okay, so the Philly was not attractive enough to this person. you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that comes back to a thing that, that I had said before, I think I might do a post about. But like, I, I genuinely don't know how attractive of a, of a city Philadelphia is for, outside of the... Really, the Eagles are the it's only one. As, if you it's look not at the nearly last, as attractive if, as fans if, think. If is. you look at the last <laughs> 15 yeah. years... And this is Anthony hated this, but I said if if you look at the last fifteen years in sports and you say who are the top three guys in free agency at any given point in any given season, how many of those top three guys, not what their ultimate impact was on the team? So like Malcolm Jenkins wouldn't count in this because he wasn't a top three free agent. He ended up having top three impact, but he wasn't a top three free agent. 
How many guys have the have Philadelphia teams managed to actually sign in free agency that were a top three free agent? And the only caveat to it is they can't have already played here. So like Cliff Lee had been acquired via trade and then uh, you know was traded away and then came back. That doesn't count. A guy like Danny Briere would count. Like I think for the Flyers, he's probably the biggest individual signing. Yeah. You can like you go back through and and you start to realize that it, it's really hard to find a time there was a top guy. It really consistently it's been the Eagles, Byron Maxwell, Namdi Asamoah, neither guy were good, but they were both a top three free agent at the time. You can't really find it. Elton Brand was really the biggest Sixers uh, acquisition of the past 15 yeah, years. Yeah, I guess he was, yeah. Right? In, in, in free agency. like So I don't know what kind of real drawing power the city of Philadelphia Not has. Not as much as people I don't know. Not as much. If Bryce Harper signs here and the number isn't like 350 and it's less, then I'd say, okay, you know, there's a decent chance that, you know, he was sold on the idea of playing here. Well, I, if ultimately the, the you know, the Phillies have to sign him and it's like 350, 360, then I'm like, well, he chased the money and I don't blame him and I don't blame Scott Boris. It, but if he goes off and say, I, I don't know, say San Diego comes to him and says, here, we're going to give you 310, right? And now it's like, all right, all of a sudden San Diego goes from like not being a team that can contend at all to being a much more legit team because now they pair them with Machado and it's also beautiful weather Dude, it's and all, also it's like, these guys are going to make yeah, over $30 yeah, million yeah. Dollars a year. Like Dude, I can't like blame any, them. You could apply that to a lot of different things. Like look at our career. Like I, you and I go down to the shitty Wells Fargo Center. Um, you know, you're always going to have fans up your butt saying, why don't you criticize Brett, Brett Brown more? Why don't you say this or say that? Like the media is also held to a a higher standard in in Philadelphia than in other places, you know what I mean? The weather here is yep. shit in the winter. It's shit in the summer because it's humid compared to San Diego. Well, every, everything compared to San Diego is shit. San Diego makes Philadelphia look like, I, I don't know, like... I don't want to offend anybody, but it makes it look like a shit. It makes shit it. Hole. It makes it look like Karth after Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> left. Yeah, with, give me uh, a fake I didn't want to offend it anybody. It, from it makes it makes country. it look like yeah. uh, like Yonkai. No, uh, <laughs> never mind. It makes it look like Marine. It makes it look like Astapor. <laughs> you know, Astapor looked like a pretty nice place until Danny took uh, the eight thousand like, unsullied dude, with her. And, Russ, uh, think about it. It's like I, I could go. Where's a new major league soccer team? There's a new MLS team coming to Austin. Okay, I spent eight years writing about MLS. I could go down to the yeah. Austin Daily, whatever the hell it's called, and write about the new Austin MLS team for them. Stress free, fans don't care as much. They're not as passionate as Philly sports fans. You know, get a nice house. You know, enjoy the nice weather down there. Watch some great college football, and just go on cruise control for the rest of my life. Um, or I could keep doing the Sixers and writing for Crossing Broad, where I got commenters up my ass every so often. But also a lot of like really passionate and awesome people who were, who interact with us on Twitter and listen to the podcast and really care about what you write. Um, you know, offer input and thoughts and stuff like that. So it's it's like that's that's applicable to anything Philly sports. You know, I mean Manny Machado. I can't fault Manny Machado for going to San Diego where the weather's great. He's going to get paid. Um, it's going to be stress-free. No stress. You know, he's not going to have as much. He makes thirty, makes million, 30 million a year. A year. Like, I don't it doesn't mean him. he's he's not a loser. Like, do does coming to Philadelphia show that you want to win? Yeah, it does. But there's also a lot of stress that comes from playing with a, a passionate fan base. You know, I mean, yes, they're going to love you for the rest of your life, obviously. But like, some athletes are just looking for different stuff, man. You know, you can go be a winner in Boston. 
New York. You can be a winner everywhere. So, I mean, it's not the, – the things that we claim to love as a fan base in Philadelphia are not, like, exclusive to Philadelphia. Like, you're telling me we're the only yeah. people who appreciate hustle? I mean, that's bullshit. We're the only people who appreciate, like, um, you know, dudes signing – staying late to sign autographs for your kid or something like that. No, like, they appreciate that everywhere. Like, find me the city that does not appreciate hustle and hard work. <laughs> you know, like what, like Los yeah. Angeles? No, I mean, those are like intrinsically American traits. Like, I think we feel like we're really unique when we're really not that unique. You know, I mean, we have a lot of passion, but I don't think we do anything that's necessarily any different than anybody else. I've seen a lot more passion and fan organization and, and quite frankly, knowledge out of like SEC fan base, SEC football fan bases when I lived down south. So, you know, I love Philly. I grew up in this area. You grew up in this area. We cover sports here now, but I don't think we're as special as we think we are. So I know people probably don't want to hear that, but that's just the honest truth. So, yep. But let's end it on positive because I did a couple of negative things. So um, do a positive. I'll give you a positive. San Diego, go visit San Diego if you can. Great place. Great place. Great place. Great place. Yeah. Uh, here's tremendous, a positive. The a uh, the Flyers uh, Flyers Penguins game stadium series is uh, scheduled for eight o'clock on uh, Saturday night. Of course, uh, there's also rain forecasted. And the one thing that I learned from uh, the executive vice president of the National Hockey League is that if it's torrential downpours, they will not play the game on Saturday. Um, there were a few people around Wells Fargo Center who will remain anonymous who uh, intimated that there is a decent chance that the game gets postponed to Sunday. Um, that is by no means a, a certain thing. I wonder when the league would actually make yeah. the announcement. It would have to be, I would think, by midday. Um, they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff throughout the day and uh, i don't know i mean i'm, I'm gonna have fun down there but um, i have um you know keep i keep have questions for us that i forgot to get to all right go ahead jason go bradley to says when are the sixers going to have free parking like the Bryn Mawr medical specialist at lankanaw i hope yeah that man. looks like is that that must be dr jason bradley <laughs> from lankanaw i was wondering if you that's a really that. great <laughs> That's a really great one. Dr. Jason Bradley. Check and who did he tag in it? Dr. Jeffrey yeah. Wool. There they are on Twitter. Yeah. This is great. This is what we're here for. I was going to say the name and see if you, see if you recognize it because I didn't, I didn't see his last name. Of course I did. That's just offensive. <laughs> uh, Brandon Jason Lawrence, Bradley, I see, at BW Lawrence uh, 12 says, how worried are we about Embiid's injury, preventative or worse? We already talked about that, so uh, thank you for the question, but we've addressed it. Will at Will Tang Clan... Ooh, that's one of your people, right? Is that like the Wu Tang yeah. Clan? That's right, the so are Will you getting Tang different clan? responses on your because you retweeted what I tweeted. Duh, I don't know, Bo. Um, why is Marco Fabian so short, or is Jim Curtin oh, really both. tall? Yeah, it's both. Wow. Okay. Soccer is one of the few uh, sports you can play when you're really small and be really successful. That's why it's the. That's be- true. That's, that's why, why I played it. That was my. That's my only. <laughs> that's my only sport. Game. Uh, I like this uh, one. Brian Wright says, percentage chance you think Harper comes to the Phillies, and a guy named Poop Dollar responded to him <laughs> and said 99%. Uh, the percentage <laughs> I think he comes to the I don't fucking know. 32%. Say 59.4. By the way, I'm I'm doing a, a hold-off. I'm not going to let Crossstep record again until Bryce Harper makes a decision because they've recorded 33 episodes, mm. and of course that would mean that the Bryce Harper episode, you know how a lot of shows do like it's episode number yeah, 23. That's the LeBron. Do, yeah. J- I do yeah. that. With uh, they, they're at, they're at 34. Yeah. So well, the next one will be 34. So it has to be the Bryce Harper one. If, uh, if they record anything before it and he doesn't sign here, it's their fault. And I don't, I don't want death threats for uh, Bob and Anthony. says, when's the last time the city was this frantic over a potential free agent? Um, I, was it LeBron in the summer? 
was it Paul George? I think people, I think people were, were more frantic over this because of like the state, the stakes of it. Like you knew that yeah. when star hunting, star developing didn't happen in the summer, that they were still going to have a chance to do that uh, midway through the season. They did that with both Butler and Harris. So, I mean, what are the Phillies going to pull off a blockbuster trade in the middle of the season? Like, I don't, I don't know that, you know, you go Mike Trout, like two years, a year, two years down the line or something like that. Um, yeah. It says if Harper does come to Philly, do you think he'd get the same reaction back in DC as Worth did in Philly after he signed his deal in DC? See, that's the other thing. Like, what, like, is he? Are we really convinced that he's going to come and play for another National League East team? Like, did he like being know. in Washington? Like, was that? I don't know. Don't know. I don't really know. Let's see, if I was a baseball I, guy, I, I would will know say more this: if me. if I were if I were DC. And Bryce Harper left for a division Poop rival. God. Yeah, I'd, I'd boo the hell out yeah. of him. Like, yeah. So I, and look, I th- with with Jason Worth, like, I think for as mad as people were, because it was like, man, this is like the first uh, thing that chips away from the dynasty, right? Like, he was the right-handed bat that helped to offset or to break up Chase Utley and Ryan Howard, mm. right? Like, he was he was the right-handed bat uh, that started to get people a little bit nervous. But then, like, you looked at the contract and you said, damn, like he. He got over a hundred million dollars and and really only had what a couple good seasons after he had a lot of injuries to start his career. So like, you could also while being emotionally you know fragile or emotionally shattered that he left, you could also say, man, like he got a great deal. Um, Let me ask you. I, I don't question. know if, if you could play. Like, it's not like Harper won anything in DC. No. It's not like they can you know look back on it and say, well, thanks for the World Series, if Bryce. You could like play in he, any. He didn't, he didn't perform there either. Pick, if you were a baseball free agent, you could go anywhere you'd want to go. Where would you? Who would you play for? Am I a hitter? You're a you're a shortstop and a hitter. Uh, I don't really care about ballparks like if, and if, all that if, shit. I'm just like all, more like if like all money. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking like Safeco is not a place that you want to play if you're a hitter. If you're a if you're is a slugger, Petco but, Park a hitter's park? Uh, no, I feel like no. It's been a long time since I've been uh, tapped into baseball. Nev- but I I have never. Safeco's got the uh, has the building. In I left have field. never met. Uh, I've never met a Padres fan in my entire life. I'm a Padres fan. Not. You're full of shit. No, I'm not. Um, no, I'm I would not. go play in California. It's because I really like. I California. would. I would. Yeah, yeah. like I. I think like San Diego is a great place. Seriously, like I, <laughs> Doctor Jeffrey Will. I couldn't <laughs> imagine. I couldn't imagine being a player and saying yes. I want to go play in the Northeast. If you didn't grow up in the Northeast and then you had to experience what like New York, Boston, Philly are like, there is no way I would ever sign in in the Northeast. If I were a California guy yeah. and you showed me what Philadelphia is like, absolutely I mean, not. Fenway was cool. If you if you showed me what if you showed me what the Yankees fans. were like and that their yeah. fans are like, absolutely not. I don't care how much money you're offering. I would me. never no, go to the Yankees. You're telling team. me I have to go to transitional seasons? You mean it's going to be 20 degrees outside and yeah. it's going I'm, I'm going to like wreck my Dude, the car? Yankees, yeah. No, I'll I'll take 75, you go, thank you. Yeah, you go to the Yankees, they, you got to shave first off, just dumb as hell. Um all of it the is. people in the stands look like Bernie fucking Madoff, like they're all like Wall Street douchebag types who go to Yankees games. And then all the other Yankees fans are like Joe, you know, fucking schmo from Brooklyn who, like, works in a pizza shop or something like that. He's like, oh, yeah, Andy Pettit's going to be on the mound, you know, tonight. I can't wait to watch the game. Like, Yankees fans can just fuck off, man, you know. 
Spoken like a true That's Philadelphia. I'm out of energy. I don't know um, much more. Ryan Dietz says, "How sick are you of the uh, the Harper to Phillies news?" And I think I think they just we're all look all like all the, the Yankees spot. fans to me just look like disgusting and revolting, like like Wall Street. <laughs> and like whenever I look, whenever I'm watching the Yankees play, and like and I look at the crowd of like people who are in the really good seats right behind home plate. I think that they're all the people who like were responsible for the collapse of the economy, like a bunch of subprime mortgage lenders and a bunch of like Wall Street douchebags. I don't know if that's rational or not, but that's just how I feel. Well, I'm glad that you got that off your chest. Yeah, it makes my skin crawl looking at Yankees fans. I think they all just came from like whatever douchey, huge mega bank on Wall Street, you know, and they probably... uh, you know, they probably took a, the bailout. We probably bailed them out, you know, and then they kept their billion-dollar season tickets to see the Yankees play. So. Giancarlo yeah. Stanton, go back yeah. to yeah, go back yeah. back with Aaron Judge. All, All right, right. That's it. Um, look, All right, I'm I think wrap um, it up. I gotta go anyway. I, I think we, I think we had a, uh, I think it we had an okay show, show today, there, Kevin, yeah. and uh, we actually had a All review. Right, see come you, in. Everybody, it's been a, it's been a, a long time. You're not even gonna stay no, for the review. Well, I'm, I'm right. going to let you know that, that Ted changed his uh, his review from a one-star to a four-star, so that's pretty exciting. Anyway, uh, we are going to be back, I guess, next week with a new show pending some kind of uh, um, breaking news or something that shakes the Philadelphia sports landscape. Um, go check out, as I mentioned before, Crossed Up with uh, Bob and Anthony as they did a, uh, uh, a very recent episode. Uh, it was prior to Manny Machado signing, but it was a very good episode worth listening to. Of course, Snow the Goalie, Anthony and I sat down with uh, Flyers head coach Scott Gordon last week. There's video on the Crossing Broad uh, YouTube account. I've been tweeting out uh, small snippets of that. Our video guy Craig did a, a bang-up job on that, so uh, that's that's everywhere you can find. And uh, if you were looking for any kind of Flyers content, of course, Crossing Broad's the best place to go and probably the only place to go on the Internet to go uh, find Flyers content, so go check that out. And um, Kevin's show, It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia, he had on, I believe the guy's name is Matt Doyle from MLS.com for episode 70, I believe. And uh, Crossing Broad FC is going to record a new episode this weekend, or I'm going to find Phil Kydell and smack him upside the head. So uh, go check out those shows. And uh, for Kevin, at Kevin underscore Kincaid, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Thanks for listening. Go leave a five-star review. I don't know what we'll do if you do, but I'll be very grateful. We'll both be grateful. And... uh, Go, uh, go handle that business. Go subscribe to the other shows. Leave them five-star reviews. And uh, it's all much appreciated. Check out the site as we uh, continue to update with uh, all the breaking news. And, of course, uh, Anthony and I will be down covering the Stadium Series game Flyers-Penguins this uh, Saturday. It's an 8 o'clock game. If there are any uh, inklings that they're going to change the game, um, if they're going to push it up on Saturday, or if they're going to push it back to uh, Sunday, we'll, of course, be on that, and we'll let you know. So, um, we will talk to you again soon.